Welcome to the Cycling Goals podcast. It's all about your cycling goals. We want to hear about them. So hit us up on social media, hashtag Cycling Goals 2018, so that we can hold you to it and you can get it done. This week, I happen to be in Fairfax, California, just outside of San Francisco, the birthplace the motherland of mountain biking. Speaking with Chris Sheerholtz, a hardcore mountain biker who took me on my very first mountain bike ride. I am a noob mountain biker and the insight that I gained from that very first mountain bike ride that could apply to road cycling was so great that I had to have this conversation with him and hopefully if this even gives you a percentile of the insight that I gained from my first mountain bike ride then it is definitely going to be worthwhile. We get into my experience, my very first crash on a mountain bike as well and uh, yeah hopefully we can see where the crossovers are between mountain biking, road cycling, where none of that matters regardless of discipline, where do cycling goals become agnostic? California. So we're here in Fairfax, California, on the porch of a very picturesque American scene. Like it's, it feels pretty quintessential right now. <laughs> and you've just, you just come back from a ride, right? Yeah, mid ride. Yeah, uh, your mid ride. Yep. All right. So, so instead of driving here, I ride my bike, and instead of coming straight here on the freeway, I go up to the top of Mount Tam which is 2,500 feet, and then ride down the other side to Fairfax, where we are here. Awesome. So how many, how many miles is that? Uh, that's only about 12 with about, yeah, 2,500 feet of climbing and I'll probably go up and over it again on my way home. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. I feel like once you've done it often enough, it just becomes the norm and then, yeah. you know, because I mean, it seems from my riding around San Francisco, it's very difficult to do a lot of miles. Um, but you get a lot of elevation in exactly. if you want to as yes. well. And then the other mm. thing is it's quite nice because there's a lot of flat as well that you can... So yeah, there's a lot of good different kind of riding, isn't there? Both ride and mountain bike. But you're predominantly a mountain biker and so you're... Today you're on gravel or you're on uh, railroad? Mainly fire roads and just maybe 10% single track. So, cool. See, I'm I'm new to all this, yeah. so yeah. I didn't even know what the term single track yeah. meant <laughs> a few days ago, really, yeah. until I experienced it for myself. But we'll get into my experience, my first experience yeah. on a mountain bike in a minute. But yeah, so what are your goals at the moment on the mountain bike? What are you are you striving to? What what quantifiable goal are you striving for? It's a great question, and for me, like every year I try to do three races and they can always vary right. and that gives me kind of like a goal in terms of like a date to try to be at like an optimal type of fitness for example next month I have what's called the Downeyville Classic which is a cross-country race on Saturday and a 14 mile downhill race on Sunday and you have to ride the same bike so it's it's kind of hard to train for because you're just doing a little bit of everything and so um, usually in the beginning of the season, I put in a lot of long miles. And then as I get closer, I start doing just more intervals. And for me, intervals are just not super te like technical and how I measure. I just like go as hard as I can for, you know, a minute or two minutes and then just kind of loosely go, go with that. And that's kind of the extent of my, my, mm. my regimented training. Yeah. So I, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of interesting to come from. This is why I thought this would be an interesting conversation because I'm coming from a road perspective, mm -hmm. just pure road, yeah. and you're hardcore mountain biking, yeah. you know, and I thought it would be quite interesting to see. My perspective yeah. on your training is mm -hmm. it sounds very similar to road bike, yeah. right? I mean, how much of a percentage 
is yeah, like skill based yeah. you know what what or uh, as opposed to your fitness yeah and that's that's a really good point and where i think there is some differentiation between mountain biking and road riding um especially when you're riding more technical races that are uh, like a single track and there's you know really rough lots of rocks very technical and the more efficient you can be at conserving your energy on those very technical descents the faster in theory and you know more in shape you're going to be. So like today coming down the backside of Mount Tam, it's like really steep, really rocky fire road. So my goal like today is to just keep like progressing at my descending on fast fire roads with lots of rock. So it's kind of like it's not super fitness based. It's more finesse and technique and also. Just, um, I, this is a newer bike to me, so getting really familiar with the bike because when you're riding that edge so close, it's like you every little nuance of a bike will make a difference. How you're cornering, how you're saving your energy, how you're being efficient. And so it, for me right now, in terms of the goal of training, a large part of it is just getting really like at one with the bike. Mm. It is a new bike. So I think that's, and not being super familiar with road, uh, I'm not quite sure if that's, a similar, uh, you know, challenge or need to get really comfortable on a specific bike. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like most the, the probably descending, you need handling skills mm -hmm. more than you would anywhere else in road cycling. I would say, yeah. but I think it's a bigger, a bigger, much bigger percentage of whether you're going to win or not, or you're going to do better in a race is to do with your fitness you know yeah. your pure yeah. how many how much what's your watts per kilo yeah. how many yeah. watts can you put out for a certain amount of time yeah. and uh with so with your training now yeah. are you trying to recreate those races yes. in in your local in segments like in right. like for example the the beginning of the downieville cross-country race is i think a 2500 or 3000 foot fire road climb just right out of the gate Mm -hmm. So for me, from where I live, I try to go up the railroad grade as fast as possible. So that's like mimicking that first part of the cross-country race. Um, and do you use Strava segments and stuff I do. for that? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I use Strava. I don't necessarily have segments on it that I'm training towards, but more of a, uh, an overall indicator of you know how fast that I go from A to B this time, and am I getting faster? And yeah. you know. Yeah. So are you? Are you? Do you feel like you're on course? Yeah, actually, I, I do. I feel really lucky. I've been able to have a lot of time to ride. And like I commute to work three days a week in San Francisco from Mill Valley, which is about a 20 mile commute. And I'll integrate kind of almost like race simulation, just getting to work. So that's uh, also uh, something that I'd like to discuss later too, is like how you can train and being really efficient with your time rather than sitting on a treadmill. Like how do you get to where you need to go during the day? And can you integrate riding your bike you know yeah so. absolutely uh, something that i've noticed riding <laughs> yeah. around here yeah is that just the base level of the average person that yeah. i see that <laughs> i see in front of me when yeah. i'm riding from one place to another yeah is just a lot higher like yeah. suddenly they're they're getting away from me and i'm like yeah. oh, i better like put some watts down <laughs> yeah. to like just catch up with them but in, yeah. like in london that yeah. is that is never happening <laughs> I, I, I think i've been dropped once yeah. ever on a climb in london yeah here but, you, you got yeah. there's like a core group of commuters that ride from here to san francisco and they are fast yeah there's some sure. like 60 plus year old dudes that just slaughter me and girls there. as well and, yeah. I, no, there's this woman that i've seen yeah. twice now yeah. who's in yeah. proper tt position yeah, just exactly. like exactly you never it. can underestimate commuters here and i've been on some really high speed 
you know chases <laughs> yeah um, again so yeah. exactly it's, it's i mean that's something that i've noticed as well and something i really like about yeah. here i get i guess maybe it's a californian thing yeah is just uh the lifestyle you know the the i guess because of the weather and because of you know the infrastructure you can do that you know yeah. you can get out and do that sort of commute every single day and i think that is exactly what i would do you know i would make so at home in london i have a climb that i make the one that i use all the time you know uh -huh. it's my local climb that i hit every day um to train on and it's like it's the longest climb in london <laughs> which is three minutes oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. so we just we were laughing yeah. because you know oh. i would make mount tam yeah. my swain's lane yeah. which is what I use in London. That's you know? well put. It's all about maximizing your resource, and and there's lots of creative ways to, as you know, to maximize a three minute climb. Yeah, for sure. I think it just comes down to will, really. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I'm gonna go back to London, and I'm just gonna do more repetitions mm -hmm. of that hill to mm -hmm. try and mimic, you know, what Mount Tan gives me yeah. instead. But you know, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that is a, a key to training. Is is do you have the will, and that's the main thing and i think having a goal yeah. a quantifiable goal yeah. allows you to you know gets puts all the bits of the puzzle in place for you to be able to think i've got a commute today otherwise yeah. i'm not going to meet that you know exactly so. and even if it's like bad weather or it's windy or it's foggy it's it's just you just get the right gear and you go for it and you do it and it does have like i mean for me it seems like i get older the more goals i try to make both in cycling and all the other sports I'm involved with, as well as career and just on personal levels. It's like a lot of that being on the bike and setting goals is kind of like, like just s spilled over into a lot mm. of other parts of my life. And I feel like it's definitely made, you know, life better as a result, yeah. you know? So many people so, I talk to, yeah. uh, in fact, most of the conversations we have on this podcast end up talking about how cycling informs life and life mm. informs oh, cycling. Yeah in such a, a, a visceral way, yes. you know, like it's a, it's a strong bond um, for the positive, you Agreed. know, for sure. And Agreed. I think, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And it's interesting that we could be talking about road, we could be talking about mountain mm -hmm. bike right now. Uh, it's agnostic. Yeah, you know? well, and as, as Gary Fisher, who's a local here in Fairfax and one of the godfathers of the mountain bike said, anybody on two wheels is a friend of mine. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I have always kept that dear, dear to my heart in regards to, you know, no stigmatizing each other of different types of bikes. Everybody's That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely get that vibe yeah. here in California yeah. or just in, in San Francisco. I definitely yeah. get that feeling. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to talk about uh, how my perception of yep. the mountain bike and how I would train yes. from my experience of the mountain bike, how I would, well, I, the first thing I was thinking is that where's my power meter? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. but then, I mean, that's the first thought, but then when I was actually in involved in it, I had so much to think about. There is no way I would have time for a power meter. Yeah. And, you know, so I, so to set the scene, I, I went for my first, Chris took me on my first mountain bike ride, ride up, uh, a trail, single track trail, Tama Rancho. Yep. Um, and I haven't been on a mountain bike, uh, and definitely not a proper mountain bike like the one I got to ride since I was like five or, or less or something. You know, when I, I used to go like ride around my woods uh, when I was little, and that was my only experience of a mountain bike. And so this was kind of like the first, the first time I was going on a proper trail, and it happened to be the motherland yeah. of mountain biking, yeah. which is awesome. You know, that's why I did it. Cause I was like, I yeah. can't leave here without having tried it for myself. And you know, I, I've definitely 
despite having, I fell over, we got around about 20 miles, I think, yeah. and uh, I hit, I just mis, miscalculated uh, a big tree root. <laughs> and uh, just, I don't think I leant back enough and went straight over the handlebars, landed on my chest uh, on a tree root, a tree root hit my chest. Luckily, I happened to have a GoPro on my chest that wasn't recording. <laughs> and uh, that kind of saved me a little bit, I think, from breaking my ribs, which is good. I came off pretty lightly, but I'm, I'm pretty injured. But I, I feel like that experience of this first time on a mountain bike, having fallen over, I just wanna, it wants me, makes me wanna get back on even more. Like, I think having that little stigma now <laughs> around that uh, mountain bike, I, I just want I just want to get back on it again so much more. I think it would yeah. have been not forgettable, but it would have been yeah. some it would have been a thing I've ticked off and now I'm not gonna yeah. do it again or yeah. something. You know, but like because I fell off now, it's like oh 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 a challenge, yes. right? So, oh, here we go. The universe called you out. Yeah, exactly, on that one. <laughs> exactly. And and this is the thing, we we the twenty miles that we had done mm -hmm. is the is the trail and yeah. we were pretty much at the exit and that is where I fell over yeah. and stacked it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I can't wait to get back out on a mountain bike again as soon as I've stopped limping yeah. <laughs> from the crash. But yeah, the, it's so like the, the stimuli that was coming in from riding this yeah. first time was just yeah. intense. It was it really such an is. intense experience. And yeah, I, I, like there was no time for a power meter. All you, had, all you could do was just concentrate on every every bit of stimuli in front of you, a rock, a crag, uh, like <laughs> a tree, a bush, like just so much coming at you. And all you could do was just try and enter uh, the flow state yes. to try and stay with it, you know, to, to keep, you know, mm -hmm. I had all this other input as well. Like you were telling me about the, I'd never experienced a drop a seat post yes. before. <laughs> so I was coming to terms with that yeah, as well. Yeah. And, uh, and the geometry of the bike as well, you know, big wide handlebars and I'm going through very tight, narrow gaps. And I'm like, am I going to fit through? I don't know. I'm yeah. going to go through anyway. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> that I made it round. Seems a like a miracle of, anyway. Like, a lot of trusting the bike, which mm. is very, I think maybe different than road. Like you had said, how you have to avoid all the little pebbles on a road bike. It's so sensitive as we're a mountain bike with the front and rear suspension, you're you're able to just kind of hold on and trust the yeah. bike. And that's, I think, a big differentiator between road and mountain biking is, is, is learning to trust the bike. And then, then in some cases, you trusted it too much when you hit the route. Exactly. And it, it let you know where that line of, of trust was. That's it. I, the, it, was, it was interesting throughout the ride, yeah, until I met that point where I stacked it um, to... I was just kind of finding out how much you could eat up. Yes. How much of how much of was. this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How much of this road can this uh -huh. geometry, this tire, this suspension eat up? You know, what, like we, you said that at one point there was like, I guess I, I, at the time, I, all of this stuff was kind of instantaneous. And, and you said, oh, there's a double black di diamond or something. Yeah. Go to the right of it. And I ended up going to the left of it or something, the the harder side, and I had to do this drop, and there was like there was no going back now, so I'm just like just go, and it was like it was like finding out how much could I eat up. All oh, right, now you have to lean back, you know, like it was just, and that was when the dropper seat post came in, and it was just like okay, it starts to all make sense. You were telling me all this stuff, and I had all this input, and it was kind of working it out. I, the, in fact, the best way I like to do anything, to learn anything, is by doing, Agreed. and 
Yeah, getting out there and just doing it was... the best way to learn. If you'd have told me about all this stuff. Yeah, Yeah, if I tried to tell you and then just sent you out there, you'd be overloaded. You say hooking up like a power meter, I think it'd be really interesting to measure your brain waves when you're on that single track and in that flow state and like how fast your CPU is processing like all this information. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. does mountain biking have power meters? Yes. It does. And it's like... Like with any kind of racing, there's different types of racing and different ways of measuring. And there's, you know, cross country mountain bike racing. I would say power meters are definitely more common because it's it's a little more fitness focused. Now downhill mountain bike racing or enduro racing typically isn't as is tuned into that fitness side of the racing. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. I can't. Yeah. I, I well, I can't imagine looking at my power meter when there's so much else to concentrate on. You Correct. Know? Yeah, but um, but yeah. Other other than that, I mean, I, I felt like it was the skill side was just massive. You know, like having to, you know, it, my fitness could only take me so far. And it did. You know, to be <laughs> honest, it took you really far. And for someone that had never really, you know, mountain biked on a modern day mountain bike, I was really impressed with oh, your cool. progression <laughs> because you have a good motor. Most just imagine if you were new to that yeah. and you weren't in shape and yeah. that. You, you're just trying to get the pedals to move, let alone deal with all of the technical aspects of the terrain. Yeah, for so sure. It's for all the road cyclists out there that have a mountain bike. You're already one step up for yeah, you know okay. a, a quicker <laughs> learning curve to, to, to doing it. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, like the and I might add too, um, your skateboarding background. Yeah, that that flow state, reading your line, how you position your body to be efficient with the transitions and the terrain, mm. and really flowing. And and you can watch somebody that's got either a surf, skate, or snow, or ski background when they ride a mountain bike, it's very different from somebody that might be coming from road cycling or uh, you know trail running or something. It's yeah, for sure. I've, and I feel like uh, I learned a lot already that, uh, mm-hmm. that was applied, that, has, that already during this trip has applied to my road cycling in that I am cornering now, leaning back on the saddle. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm getting as low as I possibly can on really tight, windy descents. And I wasn't really doing that before. And now I kind of, it just makes sense now that, you know, I've, I've experienced the drop a seat post and just having to get so as low as my, my, my ass will get to the yeah, tire, so you, you know, get a lot more into the bike with yeah. being able to drop the saddle and that you're right. It can translate pretty, pretty cool over to yeah, how so, you descend on a road bike. So yeah. I feel like it would be good cross training, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, for sure. And I, think, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, yeah. it'd be interesting to talk to some of the professional coaches to ask their opinion on that. Because sometimes there's things that we don't see that they see that, oh, that will give you a bad habit doing it on a road bike if you're mm, interesting. Mate, bad I don't habits. know. That's a good... My, my thought is injury, yeah. <laughs> which has happened. Yes. You know, that's yeah. the only thing. I, I like my fitness is so kind of precious to me at the moment because my goal is very important to me because it informs my life so much and stuff like that that you know if i get injured then it's just a real pain in the ass <laughs> and it's like i having come back from a, a horrible car accident 12 years ago there was a chance i might not walk there was all these horrible things and i remember being strapped to a backboard and not being really super conscious and staring up at the hospital ceiling just going i'm going to come back from this better faster stronger and if i can't walk i'm going to adapt and figure out a way to just keep shredding because that's such a huge part of my life and 
that from that day on, I vowed to get better, faster, stronger every year. And I'm 45 years old now, and I'm still progressing at all three of the sports <laughs> yeah. I'm passionate about. So yeah, you're, like, you're, you're, you're sick on a mountain bike, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah it, was so, it was so cool uh, just watching from behind you. Just, you could tell. It's like, yeah... It, uh, the, 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 the closest thing I could, could, could compare it to is my experience of, of skateboarding and the way you were carving mm -hmm. through the single track was just like like when uh, when you know the when you know the trail and you can just feel it and you know you yeah it's, it's, it's a cool thing to watch thank you and uh, yeah it just makes me want to want to do the same you know that, that's it's the same thing the same reason why you get into these things is because you see somebody doing you go I just want to do that yeah. you know like you want to and the more it. you do it I've been doing it virtually my whole life and I'm still feeling like I'm progressing at it and being a multi-sport athlete I never get burnt out on it and that to me is another big part of why I'm still so passionate for surfing snowboarding and mountain biking is because I don't do all of them every day, you know, I change it up and like I surfed yesterday and had a great session and I hadn't surfed in a couple of weeks so it was really sweet and then my upper body's kind of shelled from that so today I'm using my legs on my bike to kind of that's my version of like cross training. That's perfect, yeah. yeah. I mean what a way to do it when, you know, I, I, so I don't know, do you go to the gym or do you? Um, no, I, if you would consider yoga and going to yoga classes, that's my gym because that allows me to tune up my body and stretch it in between all the more intense activities. Between that and like a TRX band that I do three days a week, I do a workout with that. I feel like that's uh, mm. that works for me. You yeah. know? And again, it's different for everybody, but for me, it's really hard uh, to be inside of a gym you know, in a nice I think day. you have to be insane yeah. to be <laughs> in a gym in California. Yeah, but again, it's all about adaptation. When the days are short and it's dark out and it's cold, it's like then the gym seems to me like something I'd entertain. But mm -hmm. uh, for me, I've never, I've never had the discipline to, to go to the gym. No, and I think then it comes down to again, will yeah. is you know, if it's cold, you're just gonna go straight through that and do what you need to do anyway, even if it is cold. You know, yeah. you're, you're still gonna do the the thing that's right for you. And I think we're kind of a product of an, our environment. Like, I've never had a buddy call me up and say, hey, dude, let's go to the gym. You know, it's, it's like, hey, mm. buddy, let's go surf. Let's go ride bikes. Let's go snowboard. I think <laughs> that's know? something I love as well. But I think yeah, it's for part sure. of just who you're around. It's yes. your, 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 your influence that's yeah. surrounding you. And I do have a lot of friends that are really into CrossFit, and um, I'm psyched for them. It's just, and I've tried it, and it just wasn't quite my thing. So... It's like you got to find what works for you. Mm. So do you feel like your friends around the people that you surround yourself with, do, do they inform your goals? Do you think do you think that you have changed your goals because someone else is trying something themselves and you're like, oh, that's kind of uh, upped my level of expectation on my own myself? Yeah. You know? Yes. I think that's like I just went to Utah. I got invited to do this like 10 hour mountain bike epic. Um, in Utah and it wasn't a race it was just kind of a rarely done like uh, mountain bike trail that they kind of mapped together and it was a big challenge for me and, and that was because of my friend invited me to this invitational thing he does with his friends and it was a way to push myself and it was nice because it wasn't a race but it was still extremely challenging both physically and mentally and I do try to surround myself with people that kind of motivate me on that level and, and people that like the the I surfed with a couple of friends yesterday that are just, just super passionate surfers, and it's very like inspiring to be in mm. the water with them. Like you had experienced mountain biking with me, it's yeah, like you yeah. see that, and it's like 
they're way better servers than me so it's mm. really fun to just be in that and you know have people push you a little yeah bit more, I, whatever I, you're doing uh, yeah definitely I, I feel like uh it's making yourself uncomfortable is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and being around people who could drop you yes. is a good thing. <laughs> I've definitely is. found that. And then even last week when I was in Utah, it's like, you know, I went from sea level to the 10,000 feet and I felt like I was riding in quicksand and these, my, I was the slowest guy to 12 guys and like, I was, I felt humbled. You know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but they were all really cool and they didn't, you know, they didn't have to wait that long, but it was like, they had to wait a little <laughs> yeah. bit and, you know, they had, they had empathy for the guy that lived at sea level. Yeah, <laughs> Luckily, yeah. Again, it felt good to push myself, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's partly why I always race or sign up for a couple races because it pushes you to that total limit as mm. I'm sure you're well aware of just like hitting those goals and like, yeah like really working hard to get it yeah for sure i mean i, I the, the the one thing i don't really do is race oh, and okay. or yet i haven't uh -huh. because i think i put so much pressure on myself anyway and i'm quite good at telling myself to do something and then uh i'm like well it's almost like a conversation between me and myself saying uh you could never do this oh yeah i'm gonna show you you know it's like and i don't i i enjoy the intensity that uh, you have to put in to reap the rewards. Agreed. And that's interesting you say that. And I'd like to ask if you're, are you a competitive person by nature? Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yes, when, it, when it's time to be competitive, yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> but in this case, you're, you're competing against like a number, essentially, like your number of your performance, which I find fascinating and rare because everybody's always wanting to race against other people mm. and you're like kind of racing against yourself. For sure, really yeah. Like, you know, I feel like the goal. ultimate goal is uh, you versus yourself. Yeah. You know, there's because I think I think that's what I found because I found frustration in uh, trying to beat other people sometimes because there's so many other variables. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then, yeah. but when it's just you versus yourself, yeah. there are no other variables yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's not it's like just... you got a flat tire during the race and you're <laughs> yeah, exactly kind of out of luck. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that, I think because my time is precious as everyone's is. I just sort of realized that, uh, well, for now, make my goal about me versus myself, because then at least I know that all of my time is, is so, um, is, is being used efficiently. Mm -hmm. I, I seem to love efficiency. Um, thing, <laughs> so uh, all my time is being used efficiently and being put into this goal. And then later, because my goal is this number, I can then apply that mm -hmm. to racing or, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, other competitive elements because um, the other thing is with what I'm doing as well um, trying to use my time efficiently the races that are in the UK don't seem to let you film or uh, do a few other things that I would like to do that I would because I'd like to record all this stuff and it's quite expensive and so if it's not if I'm not going to be able to record the stuff then it's another reason to kind of put it off for now and then well you have to come race in california yeah for see sure guys with cameras and doing all sorts of oh, stuff oh wow so. yeah see the uk what are you doing yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah i mean it would help grow the sport you yeah know? Like that's other what people I can like see what it's like through your eyes and you can tell that story i think that would be well i'm sure it's cool. either going to happen or it's going to die so yeah <laughs> you know that's that's what tends to happen but um yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask about your bike. Yeah. Like, what is you, what is the bike that you're using now? So that's a it's a Yeti SB100. It's a hundred mil travel in the back and a hundred and twenty mil travel in the front, which would be kind of billed as uh, a little more aggressive cross country bike. 
and there's kind of a new generation of mountain bikes now that are very inspired by a downhill bike, meaning there's a, a slacker head angle so that you, you sit back a little bit uh, on the bike. And so this is kind of a hybrid in terms of a cross country bike and a downhill bike. So it's kind of built around like the BC bike race and the, the Downeyville race that I was talking about. It's kind of super efficient pedaling, but yet still can be very efficient and um, comfortable and stable while high speed kind of descending. Mm. So when you talk about like, mm -hmm. as a, I'm, I'm going to be asking very noob questions sure. just so we that's can find out. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah. yeah, travel, what's, mm -hmm. what's travel talking about? So that's a great question. And, and so I would say a cross country bike is typically a uh, hundred mil or less in the rear and a hundred millimeters uh, in the front. And it's and what that means is how much, travel the suspension goes right. up and down the bigger the number the, the more travel the, the the more suspension you have that will absorb more uh, cool so terrain. The, the way i would be thinking about that is that if i'm going to be going on stuff that's a lot more you know bigger rocks correct more travel is that right like that is correct <laughs> and the downside of more travel typically meant that it's uh less efficient to pedal up the hill because you're losing a lot of your energy in the suspension and then you're also typically getting into a heavier bike when you get more travel. Mm. And I would say like an all mountain bike is about 150 mil travel in the rear and maybe 160 in the front. And then a true downhill bike would be like, uh, you know, up to 200 millimeters of travel. And that's strictly for going downhill and mm. taking chairlifts or shuttles back up the hill. Mm. And always disc brakes, I mean. Yes, yeah, that's, uh, that's completely standard now unlike road it seems like it's kind of still in that transition but yeah i'd say um mountain bike the modern mountain bike with this has been maybe five or six years now where that's that's a standard mm. thing mm -hmm. and the gearing as well is uh is it an eagle yes like uh yeah. i only know that because it's it's gold and it yeah. gets shown off everywhere <laughs> yeah, right. and it's like I, what yeah. is it a 46 or i think so yeah I'm, this is so new i'm still not even sure so 46 tooth on the back and what's yeah. the one on the front i think it's a 32 32 46 yeah. and so is that do you are you often in the 46 or um no not around here again it really depends and you kind of have to set up your gearing like anything on where, how, you know, how steep your climbs are. And I'd say this is kind of good all arounder. Mm. Uh, but yeah. for Downeyville, I'll probably put a 34 on the front because I need a bigger gear on the fast descending sections where you're just spun out trying to, you know, go as yeah. fast as you can while you're descending. I feel like a 46 should be able to go up walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I, I found, when so the the bike that I had was yeah. a similar kind of geometry, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, and, and I can also add that these are twenty nine inch tires, versus original mountain bikes were twenty six, right? And then the twenty seven, then the twenty nine, and then the twenty seven five, and I've ridden all of them extensively. And for me, the twenty nine er, which is the larger wheel, uh, typically is the most efficient for the kind of riding mm. and the kind of riding like I like to. And to quote like another iconic mountain biker, Tom Ritchie was like you know, a good mountain biker should be able to go up the hill fast and down the hill fast, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I've always thought too, like, that's, I like to do 
be good at all of it. Yeah. So, and I think 29 is the, the most efficient way to try to do both. So has there been, uh, with the uh, is that with the tire width as well? And no, that's just the, just the, the rim just diameter. The rim diameter right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So on a road, it's 700C. So yeah. this is 700C in theory, but for right. some reason in mountain biking, they call it 29 inches. Right, right, right. Because we're kind of backwards here. In terms no, yeah, of I've, yeah, no I've, I've heard, I've heard <laughs> that uh, yeah. said and yeah. just not really connected yeah. it. Yeah. But do you, uh, with the tires, do you... Yeah. Uh, is there a specific because in road at the moment it's all 25c is like yeah. the thing because yeah. there's been research done that says yeah. rolling resistance wise this is the best That's and what the, is that in you know an equivalent? tires for mountain biking are very different like that and it's it's um and i used to work for wtb and we made mountain bike tires so i have a lot of experience in, in mountain bike tires and i would say that it really depends on a what kind of terrain you're riding and b um like what what your goals are. If you're wanting to go down the hill fast, you're going to have a different tire than you would if you want to do up the hill fast. And there's still the similarity of rolling resistance, just like a road tire. And with these, the bigger the tread, the, the slower rolling you're going to get, but the better traction you're going to get. And the ultimate tire is going to try to do both um, in terms of rolling efficiency. And then also with, um, with uh, cornering ability and braking, which is also kind of unique to mountain biking in terms of how a tire is going to perform while you're doing heavy braking mm. will also have maybe a bigger uh, impact than say a road tire in terms of braking. Yeah, for sure, I'm sure. And yeah. oftentimes there's kind of front and rear, like these are different different tread designs for the front versus oh, right, rear. Okay. So you yeah. have a faster rolling rear tire and a smaller knob because you're you're not putting as much pressure on it when you're cornering mm. as you are. That front tire has a much larger lug and it's going to bite into the dirt like more like a serrated yeah. knife versus yeah. a butter knife and and so you can really get I felt like cornering as just as a as a as a little thing it, do you use the front brake much because I feel like you would yes and you that's do. Right, like okay. counterintuitive to what you might think um, and when you again we talked about that edge earlier on that where you know how much of the bike is going to perform and when it's just not going to work because you've pushed it over the edge I do most all of my heaviest braking on the front wheel because in terms of braking power, you get way more braking power out of the front. And I'll get in some turns and, and when I'm heavy braking right before I hit the turn where my front tire is just starting to lock up and that's when you let it go. Otherwise mm. you wash the front tire out mm -hmm. and you go down. But it just goes to show when you're at that edge of braking at that hardest point where you're coming into a turn so fast and you're braking so quickly and then you let up and then you use that remaining energy to right. power you through the turn and then you're just out of the saddle and you're putting the pedals down as hard as you can to get out of that turn as fast as you can and it's like it, it again i'd love to measure the brainwave yeah. activity when that all happens because it's really intense and the bike is uh, unlike a road bike where it's 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 usually always kind of glued a mountain bike you're kind of surfing you're loose the front wheels breaking loose then all of a sudden the rear wheels going out mm -hmm. and you sometimes you can like i love the what is it the swedish flick or the it's like a rally racing term when you're going into a turn oh you yeah swerve the car so it pitches the rear end oh one yeah, direction yeah, yeah. And well, i can see counter, it. yeah and it's like that that i do turns like that and it's so cool <laughs> because you're you're drifting that rear tire yeah. all over the place the dynamics setting so yourself different. up for that turn yeah very different yeah. you'd never do that on a road you really, well a you, you see it sometimes <laughs> you know? on instagram yeah. when people are trying to get attention <laughs> yeah, totally. but uh 
not, yeah. not for performance, more for style. I, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, yeah. we talked about power. Yeah. Is weight something that yeah. is important? Weight is still a huge thing. Right. You know, I paid a shit ton of money for this bike, pardon my, my language, but it's like each it, weight matters to me. Yeah. This is a 25-pound mountain bike that's capable of, you know, pretty pretty burly terrain, which yeah. uh, is that about as light as you can get for that kind of performance in a bike. Yeah, yeah. but I, so you were talking the bike, I was talking oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you it's, don't it's mind so me funny. asking. It's like, uh, and again, talking about goals, it's like I feel in this race for Downeyville, I have like a target goal in my weight, and it's like right now my goal is to be at 167, um, and I've lost three pounds in the last two months and, uh, I'll probably get there cause I'm at 170 right now. And I feel like that's my healthy weight. And like, um, I feel mountain biking too, there's more upper body strength. So there's going to be a little more weight, uh, up top also being a surfer and kind of having broad shoulders as a result of that. But, um, I do agree that there's, there's the weight thing, not maybe as much for mountain as well in terms mm. of efficiency. Yeah, but yeah. I feel it, even losing the three pounds, like I just feel I feel more agile. I feel like I can get, you know, control the bike a little bit more. And mm. I talked about that like edge of knowing the bike. It's like you feel it in your body too. That little difference in weight makes makes your whole yeah. everything change just mm. a little bit. That's interesting, it's, yeah. It's, you're really tuned into the it. dynamics yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. I feel like perhaps with this is from kind of from my noob experience mm -hmm. that uh, weight in mountain biking when it comes down to a few pounds and stuff yeah. is is kind of marginal gains or when, yeah, yeah when you when you're shaving weight on mountain biking because yeah. there's so many other things so many other variables mm -hmm. uh, it's more into the category of marginal gains whereas in road cycling you know it's what's per kilo or it's nothing yes. yeah. you know yeah. so that's a good point. And I noticed like a super light bike is more what I'd call flippable, mm. meaning you can put it exactly where you want it because you can throw it around a lot easier because yeah. it's so light and it's yeah. just, it's right under you. It's not like you have to drag it anywhere, mm. if that makes sense. And I've yeah. noticed a huge difference with this bike uh, in that regard of just like being able to put it right where I want to. And a lot of times you'll... I'll hop something and get kind of in the air and reposition myself and use a transition so that you're really being efficient and it's super fun. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds you just like get it. That, you're like a rabbit just kind of spracking down the mountain where you're not even on the dirt a lot. You're just kind of hopping around. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, you feel like you're floating. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it, it so feels unreal. A lighter bike I bet. helps with that, yeah. for me at least. And again, everybody's different, but for me, I like a really light bike. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk, I'm the like I'm, I'm trying to i guess like empathize with you yeah. get into that same what you're talking about yeah. and i just keep imagining skateboarding i yes. remember those days yes. when uh things would just feel unreal and you just yes. feel so floaty and yep. whatever terrain you're going on or you're you're putting yourself across on the skateboard you, you it just you would use it to your advantage to, in a way that you know i don't it's just kind of there's a flow to it, isn't there? And, there uh, definitely is. And like I talk about the other sports that I'm into and there's is a, is a very high flow state in all of those. And I grew up skateboarding too, so I can definitely identify with that part. And it's like combining all of those into the bike. It's, it's, uh, it's mm. like, you know, in surfing, you're reading a wave. And just like on a trail, you're reading that line on the single track. And it's like you get in this zone that's like... Um, 
you can't get it anywhere else. You can't get it from drugs. You can't get it from just meditating. It's like a, it's a really unique mm. uh, state of mind to get into. And the more you do it, the more flow, like that trail that we rode Tamarancho, I used to live down the street and I rode there two or three days a week. So I could ride that whole thing almost in my sleep, yeah. just like visualizing every That's what line I could tell. and every like, like, yeah. Obstacle, it's, yeah. And you just it's you come out of it and you ride back into town after that intensity. And you're just <laughs> like, whoo! Yeah, it's it's so powerful. And I, yeah. I one of my goals in life is just to share that with more mm. people. And I hope that people listening to this will have an opportunity to really go mountain biking and experience that that flow state where yeah. you are getting deep into it and. Kind of getting that high from it. Yeah, you know? well, you successfully yeah. shared it with one, <laughs> one extra person. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, you were saying about uh, commuting mm -hmm. and using your, I guess your body, like I, the way I think about it is you use your body as your transport. Yes. Walking, yes. cycling, mm -hmm. running, whatever it is. You know, yes. if I can do that, then I will always do that over taking a car. Yes. Burn fat and oil, I guess, yeah. is, is the is the way people say it but yeah. you know really I'm I just I get I always feel better at the end of it than I would do if yeah. I took a car hands down and I I've been fortunate enough that um, I've commuted either from San Francisco to Marin or Marin to San Francisco for the last 15 years and going over the Golden Gate Bridge every day on my way to work is like surreal and it's um, it's a big part of my life is getting from A to B and how I can get there. And I call it dirt to work. I'll ride my bike from my house up through the headlands, get dirt in up there, single track and fire roads, and then across the bridge. And next thing I'm riding down Market Street with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people all around me. And it's, uh, it's like, it's, it's, it's the best. <laughs> mm, it, it feels a bit yeah. like a, a different plane of existence yes, when, when you I, come to it, from one place to another and you yeah. get to there and you're like, these people who have come on the bus, you're like, yeah. if only you knew. I know. What? It's so weird. I feel like I have the secret and I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> and it's like, I'm the guy in the BART, which is our subway system. I'm the guy in the BART with a dirty ass mountain bike and a fucking huge smile on my face. <laughs> and everybody else is just looking pissed off and not happy. That's amazing. That's and I amazing. feel guilty and I want to share the stoke, you know? Yeah. I think that's a wicked place to, to call it a day and let you, let you ride the rest yeah. of the way home. So cool. what's your, when's your next race? Uh, the Downeyville classic at, at the, um, first week of August. And then, uh, the Grinduro up in Quincy, which is a gravel race. Uh, but I'll ride this bike because the segment with six miles of single track is much better. On yeah. 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 On a drop bar bike. And it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So yeah. Well, races. Yeah. um, best of luck with it. We have, we'll have you. to, we'll have to come back and find out how you yeah, did. Sounds like a plan. And, um, <laughs> well, how do you, how do you want to place in it? What, how, do you have a, an you idea know, of where you want to place? Um, I've in Downeyville, I've probably placed top 10 in the last. 10 years wow and um my goal would be like top five this year awesome yeah all right so watch this space then yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll keep, keep people updated yeah awesome good. thank you so much well Chris. thank you for it's the opportunity to let me tell my story and uh, i'll give you my contact info if any yeah. of your listeners are curious perfect hit me up yeah let's do it and uh yeah i can't wait to get back out on the mountain bike sounds good <laughs> cheers